Hi, my name is Haley. And I'm Richa. And welcome back to another episode of Dimes of Crime. What are you drinking today, Richa? Red wine, per my usual. Back to my old MO. Um, I'm drinking nice. uh, uh, this uh, wine from Bonterra. Um, and I usually really like their white wines. They make their wines with organic grapes, but I was not a fan of their red. So, but mm, I'm what drink- kind of red? Did you try multiples or just one? No, it was just one. It was a Merlot. Mm. I'm not a big fan of Merlots in general, but what are you drinking? I don't know. Uh, June Shine because it was in my fridge. It is the Midnight Painkiller June Shine with coconut, pineapple, orange, and nutmeg and you're supposed to turn the can upside down to activate it because i believe there's charcoal inside of it oh that sounds sponsored by my husband also (laughs) not my favorite one but it's been sitting in my fridge for a while so here we are i have to say this if june shine or anyone from june shine's listening i'm very much local and i would love for you to sponsor us so i can get (laughs) this sponsorship (laughs) but whatever i like june shine too yeah i really um anyways we are just going to kind of jump into this week's episode. Today, we are going to be talking about Kari Farver. Oh, and also, before I get too ahead of myself, don't forget, disclaimers, they still apply. You know, we're listening to true crime, so there's going to be violence and um, descriptions of things that are all things you don't want to listen to if you're not a true crime fan. So we'll just leave it at that. Kari Farver was born November 30th, 1974. She grew up in Macedonia, Iowa with her mother, Nancy, and her stepfather, Mark. Macedonia is described as a tiny, sweet farming town with a population of fewer than 300 people. Is this our first Iowa case? I think so. Mm, yeah, because I was like, I don't think we've done one before. So we're back to Haley's small towns and we're back to and we're in a <laughs> new state. Town. Yeah. And we're we're in a new state. Also, this case did like create so much um, hype. So like you're likely to have heard of it if you're a true crime fan. It was on 2020 and all kinds of stuff. So, oh, this is starting to ring a bell. Sorry for you guys who don't know. Haley had asked me before we started recording if this name sounded familiar. And I was like, oh, it sounds familiar, but nothing rings a bell. And as Haley said, 2020, now it's starting to ring a bell. But okay, Yeah. I think it'll ring a bell, but we'll just, I'm not going to spoil anything. Yeah. So the small town of 300 people. Kari was incredibly smart and school was very easy for her growing up. Kari was described as warm and had a vivacious smile and her friend of, and, and her friends would describe Kari like, like they kind of all do, which I sound cheesy saying this, but she'd walk into a room and people would notice her that her smile and her laugh would just light up the place. So. That's how people, her friends described her. Boys were also especially drawn to Kari and her beautiful hazel eyes. After graduating high school, Kari went on to college and met a guy that she would end up getting pregnant by. It didn't end up working out between the two of them, and Kari was left to raise the couple's son, Maxwell, or Max as everyone called him, by herself. She ended up moving home and started taking computer classes. Wait, sorry, how Kari's old was she? Nancy. How old is she when she's raising, raising two kids now? Just one kid. Uh, I'm not sure how old she was, but she was. Uh, she had graduated high school or college. She was so sh- 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so when she was in college, she had graduated high school, she was in college, she got pregnant by this mm. guy. And then, so I'm guessing like 18, 19, 20, somewhere around there. Yeah. And then they didn't end up staying together, so she ended up raising this kid by herself, mm. Max. She ended up moving home and started taking computer classes. Kari's mother, Nancy, described how Kari had a lot on her plate at this time, trying to go to school as well as raise Max by herself. But she said that Kari held up very well and was a great mother to Max. Kari did have her struggles, though. She started to suffer from extreme mood swings and end up being diagnosed with depression. Yeah, that's not shocking. I was like, that's just too much on your plate to have yeah, a child sure. going to school full time, still doing mom. Man, duties. I find it hard to do this podcast, go to work and raise a kid. And I have a significant other. So, yeah, it's insane. That does sound a lot. And so. I still struggle with depression. So, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Her yeah. mother said that she would go under her covers at times and sleep. She said that Kari would almost hibernate and would shut herself off from everything. Kari was also eventually diagnosed with bipolar disorder and her life started to turn her. Um, <clears throat> sorry, her life started to turn around after she put on medication for it. So, wow. Bipolar getting better. Yeah, that came out of nowhere, though. Like bipolar is I forget is bipolar genetic. Yeah, bipolar is genetic and um, there's also manic and non manic bipolar. So, I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm a doctor. I know everything about bipolar disorder, but. Yeah. Highs, ups, and low downs, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting. That's a lot. Depression. And there's, I think manic, which makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. So I think had- depression and bipolar disorder kind of go hand in hand, like a lot of mental illnesses. Yeah. Like, it's not uncommon. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still a lot, like, depressed and bipolar. And mm-hmm. to have, like, a kid that you're raising by yourself, that's. Yeah, I couldn't, yeah. It's giving me stress just thinking about it. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By 2012, Kari and Max's life seemed to be going great. Max was now in high school, and he and Kari had an extremely close relationship. He said that he was often Kari's second opinion on many things. Kari started a new job about an hour away from their home as a computer programmer for West Corporation in Omaha, Nebraska. One day, Kari walked into an auto shop because she was needing work done on her Ford Explorer. She caught the attention of one of her, one of the workers, Dave Krupa. And I think I'm saying his last name right, but probably not. It's ringing <laughs> more and more bells. And he thought that she was gorgeous and... Yeah, right? <laughs> he thought that she was gorgeous and felt that there was an instant spark between the two of them. He didn't want to be unprofessional, however, and he ended up not saying anything to her. To her. Just a week later, however, Dave was scrolling through the internet dating site when he stumbled upon a familiar face on one of the profiles, Kari Farver. He decided that perhaps this was a sign, and he decided to reach out to her. The two messages, the two messaged briefly with each other, and shortly after, Kari was back in the auto shop. At this time, they were exchanging phone numbers. They end up going to dinner one night, and Dave ended up inviting Kari back to his place. He described the two of them as enthralled with one another before the two had spent much time together at Dave's apartment. An ex of Dave's actually ended up showing up to pick up some things that 
she had left at his apartment. So they kind of passed each other like in the hallway at this apartment complex. Oh my God. I know exactly why this is ringing a bell. (coughs) You know this case. This case is insane. Yeah, it's insane. Um... Before the two had spent much time together at Dave's apartment, an ex of Dave actually ended up showing up to pick up some things that she had left at his apartment. Kari simply laughed and decided that it was best if she sees herself out. She told Dave that she could call her once he had worked that out. And shortly after his ex left the apartment, he did just that. Haley, I have to say, you're doing this case and it's crazy because I actually saw the 2020 on this one, the ABC 2020 mm-hmm. on this one or watched it. And it's been in the back of my mind that I have to cover this case. So it's oh. really <laughs> funny that you're doing it this week. That's hilarious. Yeah. I was like, I, I felt like I had to do this case. Like you just like, it's a, you know, a famous case or whatever. But I'm trying to tell it so we can't spoil anything. Yeah. In a way, that's not spoiling anything for the people that haven't heard this case. So Kari invited him to come to her place, which was about an hour away from his place. And he took her up on that. He drove that hour to drive her place. And the two talked for about 20 minutes and beginning getting closer to each other. But before they even kissed, Kari took Dave by surprise when she looked at him and told him, hey, look, if we're going to have sex, that's all it is. There's nothing more to it. And Dave was actually extremely relieved because that's all that he wanted. And that's all he'd been looking for. He had no interest in a committed relationship. So he felt that he had hit the Powerball with Kari. The two would meet up at Kari's office often because it was just around the corner from Dave's apartment. And with this came that, sorry. And when the time came that Kari had a big project at work she needed done, she asked Dave if she could stay at his place for about a week so she wouldn't have to stay late at work and then drive the hour back to her house every night. And so he agreed. On Tuesday, November 13th, 2012, about two weeks into Kari and Dave knowing each other, Dave gave Kari a kiss on his way out the door and told her that he would see her later that evening. Despite Dave's no commitment rule, he had started to see a possible potential in Kari when he got to work that day. However, things would change drastically. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) About 10 a.m. that day, Dave received a text from Kari asking if he wanted to move in with her. He was very taken aback by this message because he felt that both of them had had been clear in their expectations for their relationship, and this was seemingly coming out of left field. He texted back and told Kari that he was not interested and he was almost immediately met with a barrage of messages from Kari saying that she hated him, that she never wanted to see him again, and that she was dating somebody else. Though confused, Dave actually felt some relief once he uh, he had dodged a bullet from Kari. If this was how she was going to act only two weeks into them knowing each other, this was only the beginning. I have chills. I have chilled because I know what happened. Kari never returned to her home in Iowa either. She texted her mother and told her that she had quit her job and was going to a job interview in Kansas. She said that she would be back that weekend, however, for her brother's wedding. When the day of the wedding came, both Nancy and Max were eagerly waiting Kari's arrival. And when she didn't show up for the ceremony, they thought that perhaps she had been running late and she would show up at the reception. Hours went by and Kari never showed up. 
Nancy knew that something wasn't right and she reported her daughter missing on November 16, 2012. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my Kari God. Kari went on to miss. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take another drink here. <laughs> Kari went on to miss several other events, including her son's birthday, her birthday, Thanksgiving, and even her father's funeral. It was Max's 15th birthday. Nancy pleas to the police, however, were dismissed, according to her. And she felt that as it was greatly because she had mentioned to the officers that Kari had bipolar disorder. And they just assumed that perhaps she went off her meds and just up and left. Nancy and Max continued to receive messages from Kari, although they were often misspelled and continued many grammatical and punctuation errors, which was very uncommon for her. At one point, Max decided to reach out to his mom on Facebook and see what would happen if he messaged her. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) So just give me you say that. Guys, I'm just I just I don't know how to react because like I know exactly what happened. So I I'm I'm this is the first time. Don't want to spoil it. This is the first time in Dimes of Crime history where I'm only speechless because I'm thinking of you guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i'm yeah. trying like this has never happened where Haley has told a story and i already know what happened so we're in uncharted territory right now yeah i feel like both ways like i've known stories but not like every detail of the story or you've googled them ahead of time <laughs> or i googled them. <laughs> i got to the punchline yeah exactly like, he but, got his dick chopped but, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what's. I don't know what to say. Is so all I'm saying is, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Because it's also very interesting to me because, and we can talk about this once you're done telling the story, because how you're telling the story is interesting, but also different than how I would have told this case. Okay, guys, we're gonna be jumping into a promo for another small true crime podcast that I absolutely adore, The Sirens Podcast. And here is Raven. Thanks for the intro. I'm Raven Rollins, and this is my Southern True Crime Podcast where I discuss cases from my former hometown. Ada, Oklahoma paints itself as an average community, but its history of murder and corruption runs deeper than any story has ever told. You'll hear plenty of special guests, including authors and experts in their fields, who visit with me on each episode, as well as other cases in the southern states. With notorious and unknown cases alike, every victim sees the light on my show. This is Sirens, a true crime podcast. So, okay, so Max Texas or messages Kari on Facebook, and he messaged her, and he did get a reply from her. She said, hey, little man, how are you? Max replied to his his mom asking Kari to answer three questions for him so he could be sure that it was her. Which is asked, crazy. Which which is crazy. The fact that the fact that a he fifteen thinks, year old is like, is this is really you? Yeah, the a fact the fact that a fifteen year old's like, hmm, something fishy, I think I need to ask my mom some personal questions is bizarre. Yeah, so bizarre. So he asked her what was his middle name? What was the name of their first dog? And what was his best friend's name? But Kari never replied to that message. Ghosted. She ghosted her 15-year-old son. Yeah. I'm going to jump ahead in time and say, why are criminals so dumb? Just ahead of time here. Right. This one is like the epitome of dumbness, by the way. (laughs) 
Is that a word? <laughs> dumbness? I can't. I, I'm so frazzled yeah. by what the position we're in because that I can't think of the correct vocabulary. But but this is dumb. Beyond dumb. <laughs> this one honestly kind of gives me similar vibes to Jolene Cummings' case. This one was creepier for me. I had to, Oh, yeah. No, this is for sure creepier. I had to right, Google <laughs> what Dave Krupa looked like to be like, what? what is this hullabaloo about? I thought he was good looking. <laughs> I, I don't remember what he looked like, but I remember Googling his picture and being like, he's not worth all that effort. Wh- whatever. We're getting ahead mm. of ourselves, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Although Nancy felt deep in her bones that something was wrong when she received a call from a man one day stating that Kari was alive and at a homeless shelter, she felt overjoyed at, and felt some relief that she was finally going to be able to see her daughter again and everything would be okay. Nancy headed to the homeless shelter with officers but was heartbroken to learn that Kari wasn't there and actually had never been there. Dave was also receiving countless messages from Kari. First starting off simply as angry texts and eventually turning into threatening texts. He was the only one either. He wasn't the only one either. Oh my God. Dave's ex of 12 years that he shared two children with, Amy Flora, was also receiving texts from Kari, as well as the ex that had shown up to Dave's apartment that night, Shannon Groiler. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. As she was often (laughs) called. David changed his number multiple times, but somehow Kari still managed to find his new number and continue the harassment. Some of the messages. So just get that. Dave's changing his phone number and Kari quotations. Kari is still getting that phone number and messaging him these threatening messages. I'm nervous laughing. Mostly because I know what happens. <laughs> so the messages that Kari was sending Dave where I hate you so much, I want to drive a knife in your heart. I will destroy your life and take your happiness. We belong together, Dave. And my favorite thing to do is stand outside and stare at you. Oh, Dave my began to fear God. for his safety, which I can't blame him. One night he received a text from Kari saying, I see you. You're sitting in a chair with your feet propped up wearing a blue shirt. All of which was Can true. we just pause here for a minute? Can we just pause here? <laughs> yeah. I... I'm losing my mind at what is happening. Let's go back a little bit because I need to react. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm coming back to my senses and I'm going to react to the story like it's the first, be, being told to me the first time. So many red flags. He changes his number multiple times and Carrie gets a hold of it. Kari. How? Yeah. Kari gets a hold of it. How? Mm-hmm. It, it has to mean, right? Like if I was Dave, even in that moment, I would think someone who now knows my number has given it to Kari, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Has to be. So then I would start circling around in my close group of friends and being like, who is in touch with the stalker person right. who is clearly threatening me and my family? And I would start to cut people off. The fact that he didn't do that, I don't know why, but know. that would have been my first red flag. Second or red flag, maybe he did. Maybe he did ask everyone, hey, did you give Kari my phone number? Did you give phone? And everyone's like, no, I didn't. I haven't seen Kari. Second, yeah, but second red flag here is that there are so many things that don't add. And I know that Dave only knew her for two weeks, but it's such a drastic change in personality the way he describes it. The fact that he never even questions it is so bizarre to me. He never then tries to meet up with her in person to sort things out. Right. He never once says, 
you know, where is this animal? Like if that was me and I was going through so much effort of changing numbers, moving and and the person was now harassing my exes and ex-wife who is the mother of my children, I would take a minute and I would take a beat and be like, you know, let me reach out to this person and figure out where this went wrong. We only dated for two weeks. Why don't we figure our stuff out? Like, look, Kari, I just really don't feel this way from you. Like, can we meet in person and figure out what's going on here? You know, right. If especially if he knew that she had bipolar disorder disorder, like maybe he can assist her in getting help at the very least at on a human level, you know, like just Mm -hmm. say that maybe she's going through some tough things. But the fact that no one does that is bizarre. No one but apparently Nancy who thinks that her daughter is missing and this is bizarre behavior. Well, Nancy and Max, because Max then asked the three personal questions. Yeah, obviously, but he's 15, so what is he going to do, you know, other than that? Yeah. So Dave is fearing for his safety. When coming home from work one night, he also noticed a familiar car in the parking lot close to his apartment, Kari's Ford Explorer. He took a photo of the license plate and sent it to the Omaha police, who end up coming and to the And this is after car. how long? This is after how long? This is years. So 2012, we're almost into 2015. So just remember this, guys, because why this is important is entirely bizarre to me. And this is where, like, I think that I would have told the story a little bit differently. So in in my mind, I know why this is important right now and also just so strange. Do you know what I mean? That... I'm just not gonna say anymore. <laughs> like I want to talk to I want to talk to Haley about this. I stuff, know. But clearly, you guys don't know the story. <laughs> yeah, we want. We'll wait till we, we, you guys know the story. So he sees her car in the, his parking lot, and so he takes a photo and he sends it to the Omaha police. The police come. They search her car. They only found a single fingerprint inside the car on a mint container, but it hadn't belonged to Kari, nor did it belong to anyone that was in the FBI's national database. Dave ended up buying a gun because he was so concerned for his safety, a 9mm Smith and Wesson pistol. Dave counted, continued to receive messages from Kari, including messages threatening Liz, his ex, that he hung out with from time to time. And he even received a photo of a woman tied up in the trunk of a car and a fake obituary for Liz. Liz's house ended up catching fire in August of 2013, almost a year into the harassment, and end up killing all of her family pets, including two dogs, a cat, and a snake. I can't. I have to. I have to say something. You can't. Guys, you can't. It's, it's not Kari. <laughs> it's not. Okay, everyone has figured that out by now because I've mentioned it so many times. I'm not going to say who it is, but it's not Kari, okay? This is why this is just effing, effing bizarre. <laughs> it was determined that the fire was the result of arson, and Liz informed the police that she believed it was probably Kari who had set the fire. Several months later, in January of 2014, Dave had another woman over that he'd gone to high school with, and the two were sitting together when his phone began to blow up and his door began to jing- jiggle. The two end up ignoring it, and going to bed that night only for a brick to be thrown through the window of his bedroom. By the spring of 2015, Kari's missing person case had gone cold, but two investigators had heard about the case around the office and wanted to have their chance to investigate it. Detectives Ryan Avis and Jim Dottie almost immediately upon looking into it, the detectives noticed that something was very odd about the case 
in the nearly three oh, years. You think? <laughs> in the nearly three years that Kari had been missing, her checking account had not had any activity, which would pretty much be unheard of if she simply just ran away. They felt almost instantly that she was probably no longer alive and Detective Dottie had a prime suspect in mind already. For who could be behind this? Dave's ex, oh. Liz. <gasps> uh, I've been waiting for this moment for like 45 minutes. <laughs> he, he noticed that Liz had not been a part of Kari's life, even remotely until she randomly went missing. But for some reason, she was all over the reports related to Kari's disappearance. The detective asked for help from a colleague of theirs, Anthony Kava, who was a digital forensic administrator because all of the communications with Kari since her disappearance had been electronic. Anthony looked back through the contents of Dave and Liz's phones and had been taken to the, in the initial investigation in 2013 and found multiple pieces of information that would help detectives continue their investigation into Liz. A photo of Kari's Ford Explorer was found in photos in Liz's phone, which included metadata that showed the photo, which I'm laughing at metadata because all I can think of is the trial. Amber Heard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> XF uh, data and metadata are different things. Yeah. That showed the photo had actually been taken a month before Dave had reported seeing it to the police and they recovered it. They also found that before Kari had disappeared, six phone calls had been made to her house using the star 67 feature to disguise the phone number. Star 67. I haven't heard about that in a long time. Dude, I used to try it. I was so bummed when it was gone. That makes me sound creepy. Oh, you but can't I just do it anymore. Calls. Yeah, I know. Oh, weird. I think you have to pay for masking your phone number now. It's mm. not a free service or something. Well, that's probably good. They discovered a video showing someone walking outside of Dave's apartment that had been uploaded to YouTube under Kari's name. But it actually tied to an IP address registered to Liz. Another uh, piece of circumstantial, but also incredibly helpful information. You came know what they should check? You know what they should check? What? The fingerprint of oh, the yeah. Ford Explorer. Yeah. <laughs> information came from Kari's mother, Nancy, in May of 2015. She told investigators that Kari had texted her soon after disappearing and told her that she had sold all of her furniture and asked her mother if she could let the buyer in her home to pick it up. A photo was sent to Nancy to serve as proof as the purchase, and it was a photo of a check that was signed by Shannon Groyler, which was Liz's legal name. The evidence continued to pile up as detectives matched the fingerprint and had been found on, in Kari's car to Liz. Oh, they did it. Mm -hmm. They did it. On December 4, 2015, Liz walked into the sheriff's office unaware that the, that the case was growing against her as she told police that she was there to file a harassment complaint on... Who do you think? I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now. Who do you think she's filing the complaint against? Kari. No, the, um, Amy. the mom yeah. with two kids. Amy Flora, yeah. Dave's ex and mother of his children. In a, a follow-up interview that was done by detectives with Liz... She let them know that she thinks that it actually had been Amy that had been harassing her the past three years and not Kari. When asked if detectives could download contents of her phone, once again, she consented and turned her phone over to police. Why are criminals so bad? <laughs> I will never understand this. This one. <coughs> every, every time we do an episode, I say this one just boggles my mind. Like last episode, they drove to the wrong branch. I mean, new levels of low. Right. This one. 
is probably worse than that for so many reasons. Now that we can talk about it, the police suspect Liz, right? A, whoever did this kept Kari's car for three years, three years, and then used it. Let's That's talk creepy. about the let's talk about the fact that she burnt all her pets. Burned her own house with her pets inside. Burned her own house. Yeah, I know. With two dogs it's, and a cat and a like, snake. Like And thus I said, guys, look at Dave Krupa and tell me what you would do for this guy. I bet you it's not even like point zero zero one percent of what this perpetrator did for this guy. <laughs> it's insane. I'm not saying he's not good looking, but no one is this good. No, looking. no one's not worth okay? it. No. Not even Ashley <laughs> no Kutcher one's. is worth it or Ryan Reynolds. They're not worth it. <laughs> I, I recently ta- watched the new Top Gun and I had the biggest crush on Tom Cruise when I was younger mm. and when the old Top Gun came out and this new Top Gun reaffirms it. And even my latest newfound crush in Tom Cruise does not deserve this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she turns her phone over to police. She also mentioned to police that Dave's gun had went missing, which he had already reported to police. The very next day, a phone call came in to 911 from Liz claiming that she had been shot in the leg while she was walking alone at night. And she soon identified to officers that she had believed it was Amy who had done it. Amy was. She shot herself. She shot herself. She shot herself. Yeah, she shot herself. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. it's so dumb it's it's so dumb i can't handle it amy was quickly cleared and investigators were all but certain that liz likely had shot herself in the leg in an elaborate attempt to continue on with these unfounded claims that she was being harassed and targeted by amy and or kari this didn't seem as far-fetched as one would think as the investigation went on it was discovered that Liz had registered upwards of 20 or 30 fake email addresses, and it was estimated she spent nearly 40 to 50 hours a week impersonated Kari. Detectives. She had a full-time job. A full-time impersonating job. Yeah. Kari. For free. She did all that shit for free. For Dave Krupa. Again, guys, Google what he looks like. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you're Dave Krupa. I think you're a decent looking guy. But man, come on. Yeah. What? <laughs> Detectives eventually got a warrant to search Liz's apartment. And they and they found items that had belonged to Kari, including a camcorder that contained a video of Kari talk, talking about how someone had vandalized her car. The video was timestamped November 11, 2020. 2012 two days before she would disappear liz ended up being arrested on december 2020 2016 and was charged with first degree murder and second degree arson and was held on five million dollar bail investigators believe that kari was killed in dave's apartment that morning by liz liz waived her right to a jury trial and opted for a bench trial instead which meant that would the only time i've hated that What's that? No, wait, I hated the only time I've hated. I was about to say the only time I've hated the idea of bench trial, but that's false. I hated it in Anu Singh's case and another case before <laughs> that. So, yeah. So she got a bench trial, which meant that it would be up to the judge to determine her fate. The prosecution used a photo of a foot that appeared to be decomposing to prove that Kari was dead. It showed a foot that had a tattoo on it identical to the one that Kari had. And it has been recovered from a memory card that also contains selfies taken by Liz. 
Barf. The judge, Timmy, Timothy Burns, ended up finding Liz guilty of first-degree murder and second-degree arson. She was sentenced to life in prison for the murder charge and additional 18 to 20 years for the arson charge. Liz asked the Nebraska Supreme Court to reverse her conviction on the grounds that no weapon or body was ever found and there were no witnesses to connect her to any crime. They end up rejecting this appeal, thankfully. However, Thank because God. they felt they were that there was enough circumstantial evidence in the case to uphold the verdict. Dave was affected greatly by the three years of harassment and stalking. He said that he gained about 30 pounds and drank every day. He says that he wants Liz to go away. And she still did this. And she still did this. What's that? Liz still did this after he gained the weight. Right. I'm... I'm I'm still like baffled at like who cares how good looking a man is? Why would you do all this? Well, I guess like I don't know. You burned your dog and your cats. I I, know you are unforgettable. No guy is worth that, friend. Okay, no guy is worth burning your animals. Mm -mm. He says that I I told Drew like Chloe needs to like you before you date me. (laughs) Before you date you, my cat has to like you if you want to (laughs) date. You need my cat's permission. He says that he wants Liz to go away and to never do this to anybody again, which she's in jail. So, yeah. He also expressed his sympathy for Nancy and Max and what they had to and continue to have to go through. The three investigators on the case, Dottie, Avis, and Kava, established a scholarship fund at the locals community college, Iowa Western Community College, in order to keep Kari's memory alive and her legacy of kindness. The scholarship is a $1,000 scholarship that is awarded annually to one student who is pursuit of a career in information technology. This scholarship... That's really beautiful. Yeah, I sweet. didn't know that part, and that's really nice. It's cool, too, that the detectives are the ones to do it. This scholarship yeah. was first awarded in 2020. Nance spoke of her daughter saying, Kari was only 37 when she died. If I could talk to Kari right now, I'd say, I'd love you. I'm so glad that you are in my life. You have a beautiful son. You got a wonderful life coming, and I miss you terribly. Which is really sad. And Fucking Liz, man. I don't get it. That's the story of Kari Farber. This case will forever baffle me. I watched the ABC 2020 on this case before we even thought of the podcast. And I remember oh, yeah. listening. I remember listening and watching to this case and going, A, what does this guy look like? didn't pan out um (laughs) then i googled what this girl liz liz looked like and i was like really i know and then (laughs) it was a lot of like what the f moments then i googled all the other people who were involved in this idiocracy because of liz and unfortunately because of dave who didn't ask for any of this um but Be careful, guys, out there when you're playing the field, all right? He wasn't even playing the field. It was a mutual agreement. That's what's retarded. He was like, he was dating multiple people, but he had been honest about it the entire time, you know? Like, it wasn't. Yeah. Like, this Liz creature, I'm going to call her creature because she doesn't deserve to be called a woman. Yeah. Um, this Liz creature who's probably an alien or like some sort of a demon from the upside down in human form here. 
<laughs> I'm watching way too much of Stranger Things right now. That's why it's fresh on my mind. <laughs> which, by the way, our mother-in-law told me that Haley is too scared to watch with yeah, Connor. Yeah, <laughs> which is so funny because I do love true crime, but I'm scared of scary movies and all that other stuff, including Stranger it's Things. It's not that sc- This one has kids in it. Stranger Things is still scary. You know what? Has kids it in is. it. Chucky the, has this, kids this in it. You know what season. else has things in it the exorcist has kids in it okay. this this new season is really really it's not really really scary it is scarier than all the other ones so far um but what i was saying is that this case baffled me on so many levels dave clearly never wanted to be with liz liz was never even on his radar right and she just kept inserting herself for years she sacrificed her pets she sacrificed her life her life yeah eventually 40 hours a week did she not work i know what the hell (laughs) i don't even have the time to spend that many hours on this podcast (laughs) i'm seriously can you imagine if we had 50 hours to spend on this podcast every week we'd probably be doing great we would have so many and honestly, stories. That's just, we would be ahead that's just, of so that's many That's just episodes. 25 hours each. That's <laughs> it's, I don't understand. And that, oh, I, honestly I, though, I, I probably spend about 10 hours, maybe more every week. Well, maybe not every week, maybe every other week. Cause I do my episode every other week, but then there's editing. Yeah, I would say editing's I spend about a couple, an hour and two hours or whatever. I'd say I spend about, the only reason I spend a little bit more is because a lot of my stories, I'll watch video content. So I'll watch documentaries mm-hmm. or listen to podcasts. And so that the research is what takes the time for me. Yeah. Because my my method of research is so different from yours. You're like a reader mm-hmm. and you like reading articles and you like digging. And I also like podcasts, am, but I don't like movies and I don't like really watching documentaries. Yeah. And that's my jam. So yeah. I think... I spend about, yeah. The only problem with Three listening to podcasts to hours for um, when you're doing research is to not sound like them. So as I try not to. I have to say I haven't. Have I run into a story? You know, no, I did one story where I think I had already, the Pam Hupp case, I had already listened to the Dateline one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one. But Dateline had done so many episodes on Pam Hupp. I think they had a full series on Pam Hupp, actually. So... Regardless, going back to this case, it's insane. I I can't believe Haley did it because I would have probably picked this case for next week because oh, it's been funny. in the back of my mind <laughs> for so long. I was like, wow, that 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 lady who did all this for that mechanic guy, yeah, that's a crazy case. I didn't remember any of the names, and I didn't I know I was like Kari Farber, and you're like, hmm, I don't know, sounds kind of similar, but I don't know. <laughs> As you started saying more and more, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You're like, "Oh, I, I know think this, this case. was the story." <laughs> I hate this case. Oh, good, good story. I was so tired when we started recording this, and as I, like, as up. the You're bell, ready. You're ready to go again. Yeah. As the dots connected on what case this was, I was like, "Oh, I have so much to say." <laughs> There's a lot to say. This one is very, like, wow, the length that you went to. I mean. There's literally nothing in the world, nothing in the world, unless somebody was like, choose between your dog and your child, that I would kill my own pet. I'm not going to think about that because it's too sad. Right. But Um, there's literally, that's the only scenario where I would ever choose my child over my pet. But I will say, yes, the the only people that are worth this much effort. It's your children. sorry, Drew. Yeah, is my child. (laughs) 
not, that's Andrew's still like, like what in what world would you have to go to these lengths for your child like none i'm pretty sure drew would have like left me a long ago if that's how crazy i was he would have been like this is creepy and weird and i can't handle this also kind of like because he, you're not interested but you keep asserting yourself like that's where i feel like you're like but yeah. then you know what that's like, probably because can you imagine can you imagine being dave he's probably a going, pushover okay oh. sorry dave but you're probably a pushover and he probably just kept allowing her to like insert herself and if he didn't though no, he might have been don't, killed didn't you think that's weird wouldn't you think that's weird like your fuck buddy just went missing then she went then she went batshit crazy on you mm-hmm. and then your ex on and off ex of so many years random like oh yeah that that girl that chick that you were banging from a few weeks ago is now harassing me like what you're right and going as far as writing an obituary for her so going back to my point how did she get all the numbers that dave changed how did she get i'm apparently hoping he moved a bunch of times how did she get his addresses why would she drive her car right in front of his place if she's stalking him right. and he knows the car that she's been driving? I would at least change my car. I mean, she's bipolar. She's not dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and then why would she, how would she even find out the name of your ex? I, know. I mean, how, to some extent, how, how gullible do you have to be to believe that someone did this for you? And again, I'm sorry, Dave, that I'm... Well, somebody did do this for him. (laughs) No, but I'm saying someone who had the access. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say Dave is a victim of this, too. But there was a lot of things ignored, for sure. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not a victim. I'm just saying I would have asked questions. I'm also not sure how I would have handled the stalker case because he did call the police multiple times and they're like change her number so he changed his number she gets his number again he's like well she's still getting my number and the police are just kind of writing it off because she has bipolar disease and like they're like well yeah you're probably getting stalked by her but there's nothing we can do which well this one i went into because remember when i had the stalker i said that i tried to get something done about mm-hmm. it and they were like nope it has to be an actual physical threat exactly and i mean she did physically threaten him over text messages but i mean I don't know, because he did try to go to the police, and they were just like, well, all you can do is really change your number, and so let us know if you see her. Mind-boggling. Yeah. Liz did this. To- I know. She, I, still can't, I still can't get over the fact that she burned her pets. I know. That's the worst part. I mean, and Kari dying, but... <laughs> <laughs> Kari dying, and then the pets thing is like, wow. Anyway, so the last thing I'm going to add is the way I would have told the story is I would have told, I would have, I would have started with um, the harassment. I would have said, uh, you know, th- this is a day where, you know, Dave Krupa, like in the night, sees the Ford Explorer outside and see so gets this note and I would have worked backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm into the time so i actually found this case because of murder with my husband and they did a case they covered this one and um she tells it and so i was trying to tell it the same way obviously she tells it with um the shooting about this girl getting shot because that's how abc showed it okay yeah so they tell it how they she gets shot and then like goes she's like oh then the perpetrator leaves and then she gets away to her car and so i was just like trying to tell it also, and the victim, like, I always, like, try to 
do the victim first. Like that's who we're trying to talk about here. No, I know, I know. I, I that that's why I didn't recognize the name because mm-hmm. you focused on Carrie Farber, and I knew the name Liz for this case. Right. That's all I remembered. Right. And so I was like, "There's no way this could be it," but no, it, it was it. It was that. Yeah. It was it. It was the crazy one. But yeah, so starting with the shooting is how ABC 2020 did mm-hmm. the case. Okay. They started with the 911 call that Liz makes. Mm-hmm. Her 911 calls are crazy, and you should listen to them. And I will listen yes. to the sources because one of them, she's like basically Amy. She's the police tell Dave to basically pretend that he's going to move back in with Amy to make Liz upset because they knew it was going to kind of push her over the edge. And so Liz calls the police because she's trying to frame Amy, remember, to like crying and was like, you know, it's just like uh, all these things that Amy's doing. And it's basically like she gets the prize. She gets what she wants. Like, that's how she's crying. She's like, Amy is the one who did all these things and now she gets she gets him kind yes, of it's, it's, it's insane <laughs> it's, it's insanity you should listen to the entire 911 call because I'm pretty sure at some point the police are like this is if someone had just been shot this is not what the 911 call would have been like no <laughs> yeah so I, I'm pretty sure I think I can't remember the case exactly right but I'm pretty sure she makes the call and then shoots herself or something bizarre like that oh probably for sure Anyways, I will list my sources down in the bio, like always. And um, we will see you next week with a case that Rich is going to tell. And drink in hand. And drink in hand. Don't let the murder thoughts fight. Bye. Bye.